Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word in Jesus' mighty name. Can I get a good amen? amen. Mark chapter 11 and verse 23-24, that's our basis. We're talking about faith in God and this is faith school. If you've missed, this is part what? Part 3, okay. If you've missed the first two parts, go back, listen to them. Verse 23, uh, verse 22. And Jesus answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. And that's what we're teaching. We're saying, have faith in God. Can you hear me clearly? Can you hear me clearly? Alright. Have faith in God. And, and I said, many... Uh, Teachers of the gospel, beautiful, awesome teachers of the gospel, teach this based on the literal Greek, which says, have the God kind of faith. But I told you, uh, if you really study this carefully, in all the translations, except for two translations, the Aramaic Bible and uh, one of the Jewish translations, you wouldn't see it as have the God kind of faith. Rather, you would see it have faith in God constantly, or consistently have faith in God. And I said it's important to understand why it was translated like that? Because faith is not something you have once and it's just there. It needs to be consistent. You know, we just said something now on when your wealth increases, don't put your faith, don't make it the center of your life. It means that as your wealth is increasing, you need to constantly put your faith in God. So we talked about uh, having faith in God, not allowing uh, your faith to drift and all that. And then we looked at four areas where people put their faith. And the first one we talked about was what? Was money, the big money, right? And I said very categorically that if you think that if you had more money, your life would be better, you are already putting your faith in money. It's not having more money that will make your life better. It's having more faith in God. Say amen. amen. Second thing we talked about was having faith in your skill or your achievements. And we said this about Christian. A Christian who is born again must always learn to give the glory to God. And we talked about Nebuchadnezzar boasting about what he has acquired. You see, the tendency, especially when you're very skillful to put your trust in your skill, is high. But Ecclesiastes tells us something, that the race is not to the swift, the battle is not to the strong. The New Living Translation says, educated people are not always successful. It says, but time and chance happen to them all. And he explained what time and chance is. Time and chance is not luck. He explained it that time and chance is being at the right place at what? At the right time. And I said, who can put you at the right place at the right time? Only God can. So, time and chance is not just luck. Alright? It's about God orchestrating uh, the, the activities of your life. Now, uh, have faith in God. It's, it's a whole lot, okay? So I can't teach a whole lot, so I've written it into a book. So we're going to have it published. Probably you have it in January, so you can read it. Because there's something about being precise in the realm of the Spirit. And if we have the time before faith conference, I'll teach that. But if we don't, you get the book and read it. Okay, so this morning we will look at faith in people and places. Faith in people and places. Okay, so let's, let's go back to where we started from. Psalm, uh, Psalm what now? Psalm 146, verse 3 to 5. The New Living Translation, the NLT. Psalm 146. The believer must consistently have faith in God. Your faith must be in God. You must get comfortable with trusting God. Psalm 146, verse 3 to 5. Verse 3. Look at this. Don't put... Your confidence in powerful people. There is no help for you there. Now, the King James Version, give me the King James Version, says don't put your faith or your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man. Now, I've explained something to you why it uses that. Because sometimes when we say don't put your trust in people, naturally... 
your mind will just go to powerful people. You see, but actually, it is people. Whether they are powerful or not, the believer's faith is not to be in any man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I would explain that. We'll see more scriptures for that. Go back to the New Living Translation. It says, don't put your confidence in powerful people. There's no help for you there. Verse 4. It says, when they breathe their last, they return to the earth and all their plans die with them. So, it gives you a reason why you should not put your faith in people. They can have wonderful plans for you. It says, but when they breathe their last, all the plans they have for you die with them. Okay, verse 5. But joyful are those, look at this, who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. So it tells you two classes of people here. The first class of people puts confidence in powerful people. Put confidence in man. I remember one time, and I was planting a church, and a brother met me and said, Oh, my brother, you know, I have, you know I've never heard any message like this. I bring this church to this city. Well, we had been led of the Lord to go there. And I said, Okay, no problem. <laughs> you know, we went to look for the place together and everything, got a venue. That was the last I heard. Never showed up. On the day we were having the first service, he came late. That was the only time he came. It's been five years. He's never showed up. What if <laughs> it wasn't God that led me there? You know, as a, as a, as a pastor, I have, I have people promise me a lot. Some people promise and forget. But I remember. Because they promised me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But I've, I've learned how to treat the promises of men. If you tell me you're going to do anything for me, I take it to the Lord in prayer, thank God for it, that's the end of it. If I see it, fine. If I don't see it, blessed be the God of Israel, who is my helper. Some of you carry bitterness against people who ought to help you. The truth of the matter is that some of them were genuine. They also need help. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, the people, I mean, how many of you have promised some people that, oh, you want to help them? But really, things got tight, things. So, the truth of the matter is, sometimes people won't really come true for you, but they don't have it. They are mortal men. You know, some people actually think rich people don't have problems. And you know, some people think that you have unlimited money because you also pretend to. Because anything they tell you, say, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Don't worry, I'll take care of it. You are not El Shaddai or you shall die. <laughs> don't pretend to be God. You don't have all the needs. You don't have all the sorts. You know, sometimes my kids come to me and like, oh, Daddy, we want this. I said, hey, come on. I'm a child of God. You are a child of God. Can we go to the Lord in prayer? Let's agree in Jesus' mighty name. God will meet this need. I teach my kids that I'm not El Shaddai because I don't want to die. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You, have to, you are not the breadwinner of your family. <laughs> you know, so you feel so rich, but you're actually broke. Because <laughs> you're owing the banks. And stop pretending to be rich. A, a, a Christian has no business with pretense. It's okay to say, no, I don't have now. Well, let me leave that. I'll talk about that and I'm talking about financial wisdom. The truth of the matter is, we cannot put our trust even in powerful people. No matter how powerful a man is on the earth and he promises you anything, your faith must not be in that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you meet the president of this country today and he meets you and he says, don't worry. Worry. Because the only person who tells you don't worry and you should believe it is God. Are you hearing this? Alright. Can we read more scriptures? The, the God's Word translation, I'm not sure you guys have that, but the God's Word translation says not, do not trust influential people. Especially in a system like ours. The tendency to trust influential people is there. See, you must deal with that. Because God sees your heart. And I'm going to read something to you next Sunday when we talk about 
the heart of man is desperately wicked above all things in the book of Jeremiah. The context to that scripture is trust in man or trust in God. That's the context. Because you can feel like you're trusting God, but in your heart, you really are trusting man. So you pray, oh God, I'm believing you for these rents, but your eyes is on your uncle. And you know, God sees your heart. That's why once a preacher starts putting faith in people, his messages get distorted. Because he's preaching so someone will not be angry. Praise the name of the Lord. And it's not just today. Say, oh, preachers of today. It's not just today. James talked about it. He says, when a rich person comes to the congregation, what happens? You say, oh, take this special seat and sit down. He says, but when a poor person comes, he says, sit at my feet. You see, that discrimination in your mind is a product of faith. That's why when you go home, you serve your rich uncle happily. You won't carry your children. Go, come here, go, go, greet uncle. You are not greeting uncle. You, your children, everybody will lie down. And... <laughs> <laughs> and a senior uncle will come but does not have money you will not greet them you see God has seen that that that's why every time the man promises you he forgets God will ensure that he forgets stop respecting people for what they have start respecting people because they were created in the image of God and I can show you from scripture Joseph right what did Joseph say to the, to the butler? He says, when you live here, please remember me. Let me tell you. How can you ever forget a man who interpreted dreams for you in prison? How can you ever? Just the fact that you are not in prison, you should remember, oh, it's a guy who interpreted a dream that, and the Bible says he forgot him for two full years. There's something called supernatural forgetfulness that God places in the heart of people when you have put their faith in them. And you, you know what? God had to put a dream in his heart. And at the right moment, God put things together so that Joseph would learn to give the glory to God. Can I tell you something? Whatever God has ordained for you in this life, God wants to take all the glory. He will use people, but he wants to take all the what? All the glory. Let's read some more scripture. Psalm 121, verse 1 to 4, NLT. I'll look up to the mountains. It says, does my help come from there? Mountains speaks of a high place, an elevated place. Alright? Verse 2. My help comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Next verse, verse 3. He will not let you stumble, and the one who watches over you will not slumber. Where do you look to for your help? Where do you look to for your help? Now let's go to Psalm 62, verse 5 to 9. Psalm 62, verse 5 to 9, the NLT. It says, let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in Him. For my hope is in Him. And that's why I have to tell you this, right? That's why you must be careful when you listen to messages and preachers also start taking your faith from God to things. Something is not right with that. Right? So take your faith from God and put it in a bottle of oil. Take your faith from God and put it in a handkerchief. Take your faith from God and put it, you know, in a bangle. Take your faith from God and put it in a necklace. The natural man likes to have faith in what they can touch see and feel. You've got to be careful of that. God wants your faith to be in the spirit, trusting him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, come on, are you here? But this one was blessed. <laughs> Don't go there. Stay with the word and trust God. Because hmm? one day you forget that oil. And you've been in a critical condition. That's when you will know that your faith has been removed from you. You know certain times you don't know certain things have been removed from you until you are in certain conditions. You just remember, you don't know how to pray now because the how you know how to pray is to sprinkle and to lick. Then you just realize, ah, I forgot, ah, where's your ear, where's your ear? Say, oh, Father. Then you will now <laughs> tell them to DHL oil for you. That's when you will know that your faith 
has been removed from you in a subtle way. Oh, but it works. What works have never been a, a proof of truth. Truth is the written word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Be careful. We're talking about faith in God. Your faith in God must not be in prophetic articles. It must be where? In God. Do you realize Jesus never left anything for the disciples except the Holy Ghost? He didn't leave them anything except the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, which verse are we? Verse 6, please. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, I, where I will not be shaken. Verse 7, my victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, look at this. Trust in him at how many times? I want to hear that loud and clear. At how many times, church? All times. If I say trust in God at all times, will this also mean I'm saying have faith in God constantly? All times. All times. So, all times are not just bad times. All times are also where? Good times. When times are good, where should your faith be? In God. In God. You know, it, sometimes it's easy to have faith in God when things are bad. You know, when things are good. Right? Sometimes, ah, you just know it. You are read Harvard Review. You understand science. <laughs> you understand politics. <laughs> have faith in God. This act of trusting in God is something you have to learn in your life. You have to learn it. Consistent. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I thank you. Train your wife. Train your children. Train your family to trust in God. Don't even let your family put their trust in you. Don't let your children know, ah, you, know ah, you know, from what I've said, you will not suffer in this life. Relax. You're a mortal man. You're a mortal. Just relax. You don't have as much control as you think you have. Let them trust God. Teach them early to trust God. Praise God. Are you here? Teach them early to trust God. Why? It's good for them. Wives, learn to trust God. It's not everything your husband will buy for you. Have faith in God. You should buy things for your wife, please. Right, realize come to church next Sunday and I still leave women. Say, well, say, we the men have decided that since you have decided to go this way. All right. So have faith in God. Husbands, have faith in God, not your company. Have faith in God. Hmm? Because your company can hold up. But God will not. The contract can run out, but God will not. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't make any company your God. Hmm? Some of you just see, if I just, ah, if I enter, ah, my, all my problems are over. <laughs> you, you don't know problems. <laughs> you think, but you don't know problems. Relax. <laughs> Have you realized every city you are trying to move into, people are moving from it? And I'll talk about faith in places. To touch you in a separate way, but just is God's word. I will teach it. Hmm? Your faith must be in God. Okay. Psalm 118 verse 9. Let's get back to the New American Standard Bible. Psalm 118 verse 9. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. It's better to trust in God. Take your refuge in God than to trust in princes. Praise God. It's better. Now, let me explain something to you. People say, how about God will use men? Yes, God will use men, but guess what? He will use unlikely men. Let me give you two examples. In Ezra chapter 1 verse 1, 
Ezra chapter 1 verse 1, the Bible talks about the time that God wanted the, the temple to be built. Now, the scripture says in Ezra 1, 1, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Pesha, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, the Lord said of the spirit of Cyrus, king of Pesha, so he sent a proclamation throughout his kingdom and also put in writing, saying, so he commanded that the temple be built. Who did God use to build the temple? A hidden king. The, the challenge is that when you put faith in man, you limit who God will use because you have limited knowledge of man. But when you put your faith in God, you, it's like unlimited broadband. God can use the most unlikely person. Let's, let me give you another example from scriptures. Uh, there was famine in the land and God needed to provide for the prophets. Who do you think God used? A widow. Would you ever use a widow? No. You see, that's our limited knowledge. We try to force God into it. And that's where the challenge is. You've done your statistics. You've done everything. You think this company is better. And you rush there without divine direction. Only to reach there and discover everything is false. Why don't you trust God? Learn to pull your plug off people. Put your faith in God. It helps you. There's anything that has helped us in ministry since we got into ministry is putting our faith. What will make a preach? What will make a preacher able to reject an offering is because his faith is in God. Praise God. Why will you be able to preach truth because your faith is in God? Why will you be able to stand for truth? Because your faith is in God. And I've told you before, if we were to be in today's church, Daniel would not reject the food of Babylon. He would share testimony in church. Praise the name of Master Jesus, the living God of Israel. We were one million slaves that were taken to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar picked only four of us. Say, God, God can work miracles. Mm, this God that you are serving is a good God. See, we even thought he was just only picking us. He now gave us food, food that the king was eating. You say, oh, I received that grace. Because these are the testimonies that inspire us right now. It's just high-level carnality. That's what inspires us. Because these are the things that we have made. Because sometimes faith in God will make you reject some offers. Right? Right? Because I know you don't like to hear that. Because some offers will be so juicy and they will compromise your faith. What does faith in God say? I'm not taking that. That's why when you share testimonies, you have to be really sure that you have faith in God. This praise the Lord. I don't know how that was I just built 10 houses. I don't even know how it came. Hey, 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 hey. Even in creation, we know how God created first day he created this one, he separated light from darkness, as big and mysterious as creation is, God gave us day by day until he rested. You built one flat, you don't know where the money came from. You gotta watch it. Because God is not as mysterious as we make him look in church. He has a legal track record on the earth. Because that's how we accommodate thieves. Are you, are you saying God does not perform miracles? He does. He does. But his default is not miracles. His default is that a faithful man will abound in blessings. And I can show you from scripture, right? When the oil was multiplied. Hmm? You, know, it, it, you know, when you read Bible with the lens of certain things, you don't see certain things. When the oil was multiplied to the prophet, the widow, what did the prophet tell the widow? Come on, somebody help me. What did the prophet tell the widow? Church of the living Jesus. What did the prophet tell the widow? Go and do what? He multiplied the oil by miracle and wealth was going to come by what? Selling. There's a process to it. So what God gives you by miracle must be sustained by what? By process. Because God will not break laws on the earth. 
So, instead of a Christian being faithful, he rather just believes that one day, one day, his turn will come. And what is his turn? Mysterious, unexplainable greatness. Don't put your hope in men. Psalm 24, verse 1. Psalm 24, verse 1. It says, The earth is the Lord. And everything in it, the world, and all the people belong to him. You know, I just kind of feel some little doubts in people's hearts. So let me clarify that. Okay. How many of you know that God could have just rained gold and silver to the children of Israel in the wilderness? How many of you think God could have done that? Are you here? But how did God do it? How did God do it? You don't know how God gave children of Israel gold. How did he do it? He said, go and ask from the Egyptians. Okay. Let me give you another more scripture. Job. How did God multiply the, the fortune of Job? Let me show you. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting. It's really interesting how God did it. What did God do to Job to multiply the fortunes of Job? To come back to the wealth that Job had. Come with me. Come with me. Job 42. Should I just feel this doubt? So let me clear it up before I move on. Job 42 verse 10. The Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord increased all that Job had twofold. If you read only this verse, you will feel like, wow, God performed the miracle. I'll show you how God did it. Keep reading. Because we just read one verse and we stay there. But read. God, God will show you how it is. Then all his brothers and all his sisters, all who had known him before, came to him. And they ate bread with him in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversities that the Lord had brought on him. And each one, each one, gave him one piece of money and each a gold ring. Verse 12, the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. Did God show us how he blessed Job? How did he bless Job? Everybody he knew before, and Job was the richest man in the world at that time. How many of you know he will know some people? And the Bible says, everybody who came to him gave him something. That's how God restored the fortunes of Job. You need to be careful of miracle money teaching. Because there's nowhere in scriptures where God endorses laziness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If that doesn't clear your doubt, go home. Systems and nations putting your faith in people. Which means that if God wants to multiply a man, even though God used this man, what was Job's faith? I know my Redeemer liveth. Job did not complain. All the people I helped, when I had money, where are they? No, Job did not do that. He says, I know my Redeemer delivered. Because he put his faith in God, God stirred these people's heart to give them. Let me tell you something. You can never get from a man as much as you would if God stirred his heart. One time, we're still in worry then, and uh, a brother sent some money to me. You know, I saw, I saw it a lot. So I reached out to him. So thank you very much, you know, the, no, I think he sent some funds then. Another fund came in, you know, the same time. So I reached out to him like, oh, you know, I got this a lot twice. I'm not sure if it's what, I mean, what you wanted to do or something. So he, he said, oh, no, that he sent the first amount. But, so I can't remember the exact amount, but let me use 100,000, for example. So he sent me 60,000, and then there was 40,000. So he said, oh, he sent the first amount, but he didn't have peace until he sent the other one. I said, oh, wow, okay, I like that. Now, the truth of the matter is that if I had approached him for any form of support or something, he could have probably given me 60000 I'm just saying. All right? He's my friend. He could have given me that. And the truth of the matter is, it would have been big. But you know, it's only God that can take peace from men just to bless you. Now, don't go praying. <laughs> I need to... <laughs> But I need, to, I need to let you know, 
Don't go praying that God should take peace from people until they bless you. That's witchcraft. You don't have scriptures for that. God never asks you to pray that. You pray to God and let God do what he needs to do. You don't steal people's peace because you want to buy a car. That's, that's being wicked. And, and I mean it. Oh, Father, remove sleep from their eyes. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. If people don't sleep, they can literally die. Don't do that. That's wicked prayer. Leave how God is going. Don't tell God to do his job. Can you just stay off God's business? Have faith. What is all this thing about directing God how to answer prayer? Who are you? Oh God, let them not find sleep. Let my helpers not find sleep. Who taught you that nonsense? How do you pray that people don't find sleep? And you're just giving the enemy words to act on people's life and get them out of the earth just because you want to start a business. Why don't you put faith in God? People can sleep and still give you money. You see, this thing we have that somebody has to die for you to be blessed, somebody has to come down for you, is too much of African magic. Stop watching films. Read the Bible. People can be alive and God will bless you because that's God's plan. He prepares a table before me. Somebody help me. Where? Where? In the presence of my enemies. Take your eyes from the enemies. Look at the table. Do you want to eat or not? And we have all these prayers going on everywhere. Oh Lord, take peace from my helper. Let them not find sleep. Let them roll on their bed. Like, like who is this? Who is that? Who is that? Who was rolling on his bread? Who? Who did you pray last night? <laughs> okay, I know they don't pray those prayers. Alright, so let's go to faith in systems. Now I need you to follow me carefully here so you don't misinterpret what I'm teaching. That's very important. How does God see nations? So please follow me carefully. I'll, I'll do this in like 30 minutes. How does God see nations? Acts chapter 17, verse 26. I want us to use the NIV version. Faith in places. Faith in places. Faith in places or systems. Faith in places or systems. Acts 17, 26. It says, from one man, he made every nation of men. Pay attention. From one man, God made every nation of men. That they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. This is the history of nations in God's eyes. Acts chapter... No, 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 no. Yeah, Acts 17, 26. So how does God see nations? God does not see nations. Please, I I really want you to follow me and listen. Just listen with your heart, okay? Because uh, I'm going to touch on on some territory, but just follow with my heart. Follow with your spirit. Okay? God does not see nations as developed, underdeveloped, and developing. God does not see that. What God sees is that from one man, right, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth, right? And he determined their times, set for them, and the exact places where they should live. Now, when you study the image of Daniel, you would see, you know, the various empires, the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire, um, the Medopatian Empire, and then the Greco-Roman Empire, which is the Greece and the Roman Empire, which was the feet of clay and iron, okay? Now, those empires, or those civilizations, were the ones that had, you know, prominence, if you follow history. Now, because of natural leadership system, pay attention, there are nations that are more developed than other nations, that is because of natural leadership system. So, for example, if you look at the United Arab Emirates, Dubai, and you look at Nigeria, I mean, there were certain times they shared these images of both of them having almost the same natural resources. It was a desert and everything, but because of natural leadership. If you read, uh, what's that, his name now? One that's pastor now, his book, My Vision. You know, he talked about, you know, the vision they have for Dubai and all of that, all right? Now, because of natural leadership, like I said, Some nations are developed more than others in politics and the rest. Now, because of that, the tendency to have faith in developed nations is high. And as a Christian, you shouldn't. Your faith must be in God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. I know the amen will be quiet and I was ready for it, but follow me. In our mind, if I go to a developed nation, then I can get more blessed. 
In God's mind, he does not see a nation as developed, underdeveloped, not developing. In any nation, God can prosper you if that's where God wants you. Do you follow that now? Okay, let me show you something. Genesis 26. Now there was famine, verse 1, now there was famine in that land beside the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. So Isaac went to Gerah, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. He says, then the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Now Egypt, of course, was better. Because they don't go down there. Stay in the land of which I tell you and I'm going to bless you. It's like God saying, hey, don't make that movement. I'm going to bless you here. Now, what are we seeing here? We are seeing a case where God is saying, don't have faith in Egypt. Have faith in me. Now, the Bible says, and Isaac sold in that same land and reaped a hundredfold. Good news and bad news. It was not offering Isaac gave. He didn't sow a sacrificial seed. No. You know what it meant when he said Isaac sold in that land? He did business in that land. He was an agricultural man. He planted in the midst of famine and supernaturally God supplied what? Water to his crops. And the guy was blossoming. And you know how Isaac ended up, right? If you read on. It says he became, let's read, because some of you don't read. So let's read. Verse 12. Now Isaac sold in that land and reaped in that same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. And the man became rich and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. Where did Isaac become wealthy? Egypt or the land where there was famine? Where? Come on. Egypt or the land where there was famine? And we know how he became wealthy. How did he become wealthy? God asked him to do something on the land. And what was going to cause his crops to produce? Faith in God. Not the natural circumstance, because the natural circumstance, nobody's crops will be doing well. You know what that tells me? If a man has faith in God, and God wants you here, your business will thrive in spite of the dollar exchange. But it will take faith in God. I know it's not a convenient thing, because you want miracle visa, but you want to be going where God wants you to go. Praise God. You want to be going where God wants you to go, not because you have faith in the system. And I'll show you. I'll show you from scriptures. Give you more scriptures. More scriptures. Isaiah 30, 1 to 6. Isaiah 30, 1 to 6. God warned the children of Israel about this a long, long time ago. Right. Isaiah 30. Woe to the rebellious children, declares the Lord. When you say rebellious, what does that mean? People who don't listen. Woe to the rebellious children, declares the Lord, who execute a plan but not mine. (laughs) See, the believer shouldn't plan outside of God. Hmm? Believers shouldn't plan outside of God. Say they execute a plan, which is not mine. And And make an alliance, but not of my spirit. In order to add sin to sin. Who proceed down to Egypt without consulting me? He says, they go down to Egypt without consulting me. He says, to take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh. So it says the reason why they're going to Egypt. He says, to take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh. And to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. He says, but they didn't consult me. Why are they making these decisions? Faith in a system. I just have faith in that system. And listen. I agree with all the natural indicators. When you look at everything naturally, you could, you could just say, well, those places are doing better. That is better there. That is better. You can't do that. And, and we're not disputing that natural factor. But listen, this is the word of God and we have to teach it. It's faith in God. It's faith in God. You have to put your faith in God. Not in the safety of Pharaoh. <laughs> you know, I was talking to someone the other day. I was talking about, you know, how safe some of those nations are. I mean... You don't want to talk about people just going up to the schools and pulling out guns and killing people. Can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, no place is safe. You are only safe in the will of God. And you want to be in the will of God. If the will of God is putting you in Gaza Strip 
at this moment, that's not the most comfortable place to be in in the world. But I've, if that's where God wants you, it doesn't matter the bombs that come from Hamas or Israel. Somehow, somewhere, you will be safe. And these things have to be more real to us than the things we can feel in the natural. See, this is what will separate us as children of God. Decisions backed up by the will of God. Praise God. Now, let's read on more. Can we still read some more? Is it okay? All right. Even if it's not okay, we'll be reading. Therefore, the safety of Pharaoh will be your shame, and the shelter in the shadow of Egypt your humiliation. For their princes are at Zoan, and their ambassadors arrive at Hanas. Everyone will be ashamed because of the people who cannot profit them, who are not for help or profit, but for shame and also for reproach. He says, what you're putting your faith on, that will be your help. He says, to be your shame. Why? It, it tells us why they got there. He says, you made these plans without consulting me. Praise God. Let me show you a scripture. Second, Chronic, Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 12. Let me show you a scripture. Second Chronicles 16, 12. Uh, the NLT version. We don't put faith in systems. We put faith in God. Hmm? When you are flying and buying your tickets, it's not about faith in the airline you're flying. It's faith in God. Praise God. Faith in God. <laughs> You know, sometimes it's when you have turbulence on air that you realize, ah, people can be afraid. One time I was flying, I was going to Lagos. We had this very terrible weather. I didn't know the man sitting in front of me was my, was my kinsman in the flesh. You know, he was speaking all this polished English, speaking, speaking, he was just speaking. <laughs> and then, bah, he hit this terrible turbulence. He Jesu. <laughs> you know, Jesu in my language means Jesus. So I was like, oh. I didn't know. I'm not turbulence revealed my brother to me. <laughs> I was showing, I was showing Pastor Mary one time. There was this turbulence that the people recorded. It, and it was terrible. And people say, "Oh, Father, everything we have done, forgive us." As I was asking, what did you people do? What did you do? You know, you know, if you have been in turbulence, you know, you confess. You, you confess. You know, some of some. Sometimes you haven't been in turbulence. It's just small shaking. If you have been in real turbulence, you will confess everything. Lord, even what I was planning to, the sin I was planning to commit when I land, Lord, I will not do it again. <laughs> Put your faith in God. The pilot is human. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The pilot went to school. He's human. Your faith is in God. Yeah, you know, I just fly, I just fly safety airlines. I don't do all these, all these airlines because of their safety record. Calm down. Calm down, Oga. Safety is of the Lord. A Christian puts his faith in God. Will you do your natural research? Yes. But when you open your mouth to tell others why you are buying that ticket, put your faith in God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't let your intelligence erode your trust in God. And that's what happened in developed nations. And we've got to be careful of it. Because if you read of the mighty revivals that happen in this world, they happen in those nations. Wales, UK, England, Azusa Street Revival and everything. But what happened? As science began to develop and they began to form solutions to issues, what happened? They just felt science can handle everything. And they are faith. And you too, as you know, you begin to prosper, you begin to buy iPad, begin to buy Mac, begin to link things, begin to see satellites. Oh, when you travel, I don't know why they pray in Nigeria. We pray, we pray about everything here. We just thank God. <laughs> okay. Faith in God. Faith in God. Not faith in the system. Faith in God. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. I mean, absolutely devastating incidents. But, I mean, we can't be in a hurry to forget September 9-11. America, all of the, I mean, in the natural, you see, security and everything. But that happened. Faith in God. Faith in God. A particular brother who used to pastor a church in the World Trade Center, the partner of, of Brother Copeland, shared a testimony. I heard him share a testimony. He would have been at that time the, the, the plane crashed into the World Trade Center. He would have been at that time. And he was driving his daughter to school just to get into the office. His office and the church were there. 
And then for some reason, the daughter never asked, but for some reason, the daughter just said she wanted ice cream. It's early in the morning. Why would you want ice cream? And he said he just felt in his heart. Felt in his heart. Go get her the ice cream. So she, he pulled out and was headed towards the ice cream place when they heard the train crash, the plane crash into the tower. Safety is of the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When that thought comes up in your heart, because of this I've secured my future, safety is of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? Let me read a scripture to you. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa developed a serious foot disease. And Asa was a man who was blessed by God. Yes, even with the severity of his disease, he did not seek the Lord's help, but turned only to his physicians. He didn't seek the Lord's help. This was a man the Lord had blessed. The Bible says he didn't seek the Lord's help. He turned to his physicians. Go to the next verse. So he died in the 41st year of his reign. You see, the king would have the best of medical doctors. Let, let's read it from the New American Standard Bible, please. Uh, no, no, no. He says, he did not seek the Lord. Diseased, but don't seek the Lord. Some of us are faces in medical systems. And I say this, when you are even undergoing that surgery, why don't you say, Father, thank you. You would walk through these doctors. You would give them the right. And there are people who have died from wrong dosage. Hmm? You know, some of us feel like immediately we travel out of this country, we can't die anymore. They have all the solutions. We just feel that way. I don't understand medical in the country. I don't understand. I don't understand. Book me out of here. Book me out of here. Book me out of here. <laughs> and you go there, they now tell you, we don't know what is wrong with you. And it's interesting. You know, the woman with the issue of blood, it was not poverty that made her sickness last for 12 years. Let me read something to you. Mark 5.26, NLT version. The woman was rich. Mark 5.26. I'm just showing you this. I'm showing you a lot of scripture. I don't want your faith to be in anything. Not in a system, not in a doctor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see, sometimes it's beautiful and I don't have anything. Please really understand my heart. I love all of you guys and I want the best life for you. But listen to me. If all this thing is about faith in a system, then it's not in God. Because some of you that God blessed so much to be able to live the life you are living now, the kind of school you went to is nothing to write home about. It's grammar school. But the Lord blessed you. And the Lord opened doors. Listen, if he can do it for you, he can do it for your kids. You know, when I talk to my son about whatever educational plans we have for him, I tell him, this is where I think you should go. This is what I want you to do. I said, but everything is based on what God wants. There's nothing. There's no, oh, because you have to. No, no, no. There's no because of anything. If God wants you here, boy, you will be here. If God wants you there, you will be there. But, ah, what, can't you just, can't you just, you, you know, because of the future, you don't have a clue what the future is. You have no idea. Because some of you that are blessed right now, you never thought you would get to this place in your life. The concept of your future was 10 years ago. You know, certain times where you are can determine the limits of your vision. When you lift up your head from certain places, you can't see the moon. You see your neighbor's light. That will be your goal. Saints, we've got to return our faith back to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at this. Woman with the issue of blood. She had suffered a great deal from many physicians, from many doctors. Somebody say many doctors. And listen, we've got doctors in this church. I don't have anything against doctors. I usually will say doctors are fighting the same devil that God is dealing with. Right? Doctors want you well, so this is not, this is not saying don't do medical science. No, not at all. But our faith is in God. Our faith is in God. So I usually encourage people, if you go into the hospital, why don't you just pray? I have the right doctor you know, on faith, who knows what to do, the right nurses are attending to me, God, you're giving them wisdom to know what to do. Why don't you just say that? Because hmm? as a pastor, I've seen people ask for prayers only when the doctors have told them, are you a Christian? Say yes. 
I used to be one, but I was not very serious. But I'm serious now. Call your pastor. Let him be praying. Pastor, sir. Pastor, sir. It's me, sir. Who are you? Who are you? Ah, sir. You don't remember when the church started? We used to come, sir. We used to sit in the front seat. Ah, okay. How are you? Ah, sir. It's not well, though. <laughs> 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 I said, oh, okay. <laughs> but then the righteous face is well. I said, ah, what's going on? He said, hey, we've been dealing with this again. We just said we should not disturb you. We said we should not disturb you. We just said, ah, <laughs> boy, you're disturbing me now. When did you change your mind? Don't get to that point before you start trusting God. When you feel that symptom in your head, start trusting God. Right? Come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? As you are going to the hospital, who should you trust? God. As you are going for that surgery, who should you put your faith in? God. That's how a Christian lives. He lives by putting his faith in God. How many times? All times. Right. So he says she had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. So can you see that the woman with the issue of blood, it was not lack of money that made that issue for 12 years. Sir. It wasn't lack of money. She had money. She spent on... So it wasn't like she went to one doctor. Look at it now. Doctors. Doctors will be S. It's plural now. It cannot be one. And there's many in front. There's many and there's S in front of the doctors. So, all indication is that there were plenty. Do you get it? Like I said, this is not anything against medicine. It's just teaching you where your faith should be. Got a lot of doctors and nurses in our church. We're glad for them. They kept a lot of people alive who had no faith. Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> There is no way you meet people that are so fearful like when they go to the hospital. You see all kinds of prayers. Some will put Bible under their neck. See which translation is that? Say uh, King James, put an ivy, put an ivy under. <laughs> yeah? You see all kinds of prayers. Yeah? All the family members are bringing their kind of pastor. You say, have your pastor pray? Say yes. You say, it's like when the <laughs> It's like when the sheep was, was getting issues, right? Jonah. And the captain said, everybody call on your God. They met Judah. Judah was sleeping. I said, guy, call on your God now. We don't know which God we save. You know, that's how when people get sick. That's what happens. Everybody will not bring their pastor. Say, yeah. See, where your man of God? Say, okay, God. Pray. <laughs> this pastor will pray. Send fire. Send thunder. <laughs> huh? And forget brimstone. <laughs> you know, brimstone is heavier. Then you bring your own pastor. Bring, uh, this one, bring brimstone. No, 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 no. This one is not brimstone. It's not thunder. It's not this one. It's oil. It's going to bring oil. <laughs> Let me tell you, one of the reasons why the prayer of faith hardly works for people who are sick now is that they are just collecting prayers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not like when you pray, they believe. As you pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Amen. I will not die. I will not die. Really keep quiet. Then you're finished praying and you leave. And God is working on them. Then they bring another pastor. Say, ah, 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 ah. Say, what is this? Man of God, what is the problem? Those pastors are like herbalists. Say, ah. Oh, God, oh, God, oh. Hey, I will not die. I will not die. And you have invalidated all your prayers. What am I doing? <laughs> Go to Jeremiah chapter 8 verse 22. Right. Jeremiah 8 22. It's all kinds of prayers. And after the end, he said, ah, this one is not prayer, it's village. Faith. That's why you've got to build your faith before the day of adversity comes. Because the Bible says if you fail in the day of adversity, then your strength is small. Listen to me. Don't pray about your health when you are sick. Every single day you get up in this life, lift your voice, thank God for health, and speak over your body. 
Once your feet hit the ground, say, Father, thank you. As my days are, so shall my strength be. The same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in me. And it quickens my mortal body. No organ in my body malfunctions in the name of Jesus. With long life will God satisfy me. It won't take you three minutes. Instead of checking his phone and saying, hey, oh, 45 likes, you would have confessed over your health. Do you realize that when you are sick, none of those things matter anymore? Even people who don't have time for church, they will not be live streaming service. Say, when is that? Uh, when is prosperity school? <laughs> oh, if you give things, if you give attention to the things of the spirit, in the day you need them, right? Swords will come out of you. Praise God. Swords will come out of you. Have we had health attacks as pastors? Oh, yes, many times. Oh, many times. Oh, many times. Oh, many times. But what do we do? We stay in faith and declare God's word. Praise God. All right. Let's do three more scriptures. Thank you, Lord. Are you, are you blessed? All right. We'll do three more scriptures, not two. Jeremiah 8.22. Is there no bam in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? There is bam in Gilead. Okay, so let's leave the medical system alone. Just using it as an example, it can also be economic system, alright? It can be educational system, it can be whatever system, but the believer's faith must be in God. Let's read something. Psalm 20 verse 7. Psalm 20 verse 7, right? We can use the, the, some boast in chariots. Use the New King James Version. It actually uses the word trust. If you use the New King James Version or the King James Version. It says some trust in chariots. And some in horses. But we will remember the name of our God. See, you know why he says some trust in chariots and horses? In those days, chariots and horses were the means of um, transportation and even economy. Right? So um, they used to put their donkeys, hook them up to chariots. Horses used to help them plow. And the kings had the best chariots. The king had the fastest horses. And this was typical of developed system, good systems that we're working. He says, don't trust in chariots. Don't trust in horses. He says, we will remember the name of our God. And you know, um, when I publish the book, you see a few things I, I explained here. But I just want to say this, right? That's why you realize that one of the things that God did for the children of Israel a lot was the fact that when they needed to win battles, God gave them unconventional means. For instance, he would say, Go to Jericho, march round seven times, right? And on the seventh day, march round seven times. Listen to me, child of God. It's not a formula for your life. It was what God spoke to them in that present situation. That's why in your own situation, you need to listen to what God is saying to you. Before you start going marching around your, 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 your compound and they now give you quick notice. Because the landlord, has, the landlord does not understand what you're doing. And he's afraid because he's been watching a lot of movies like you two. Then you are just marching around. You are not saying anything. You are just marching around. You are not saying anything. Then the landlord say, calls his wife and says, Are you seeing? Say, ah, why is he walking around the compound? And then you are marching around. And then you are marching around. And then you are marching around. And then the seventh time, you just start saying, Yay! Yeah! He <laughs> just calls the lawyer and says, say, ah, We have come to renew our rent. Say, No. Say, uh, Our family people want to use the house. It's because we are marching around without sense. Say, It's prophetic act. Did God ask you to? And that's how we copy people's testimonies without a personal word and we say the word of God is not working. Stop copying people. You have a relationship with God. God has a specific direction for your case. Don't march around somebody else's house. Go build your house if you want to be marching around like Jericho Wall. And we just do all these things, right? The next one, he says, send the praise singers first. He wasn't giving us a formula. Faith begins where the will of God is known. What is God asking you to do? You, 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 you. You have a personal work with God. And give them praise singers. Why? Because God didn't want them to trust in chariots and horses. Gideon had all those thousands of people that wanted to fight. <laughs> and God says, no, the army is too much. Hey, come on, God. Right? David and Goliath. Right? David wanted to go uh, fight Goliath. And, you know, the king put his armor on. And said, hey, can't use this armor. Took five stones. Hmm? <laughs> I was somewhere one time. <laughs> and somebody said, you do that five stones. 
We are going to call Jesus five times. Ah, things we have done. <laughs> Did I tell you of the all night I went to when they say we should collect spiritual weapons from heaven? I was small then. You know, my dad used to warn me, but I wasn't listening. He said, don't go there. I just go. Say, let's collect weapons from And we really enjoyed the all night. Maybe that was what was making us even enjoy the all night, because it was fun. You know, after we have watched Rambo, <laughs> and you've watched Rambo with his heavy gun, and they say, today we are going to fight the devil, collect spiritual weapons from heaven, myself and my friend, Pastor Azuka, who will jump up, I collect, I, I collect Rambo type of gun. <laughs> it was, uh, maybe that's why we love those all night. Say, shoot the devil. <laughs> okay, if you are visiting on this, not us. So this is okay. <laughs> but we just like God. Okay. Right, so we shoot the devil like that, and then the next day we are collecting. Then you just tell yourself, this next all night, I will not use that gun. It didn't work. <laughs> how, do you, how do you think? How do you think pastors make educated people carry canes to church? People that went to school for eight years. Just when they walk through the doors, they throw their brain away, they don't think. Say, you know, I was in a dream this morning, around 4 a.m., God said, everybody, bring red cloth. Oh, yeah, God said, hey, do we have a pattern for reading scriptures? You see, adult flogging the devil. Say, it's okay, it's okay, don't flog him too much. It's okay, that's okay. <laughs> you, you don't know the liberty you are in if you know how to walk with God. Oh, the freedom. Oh, the blessedness of just knowing. Huh? Oh, the, the beauty of just enjoying Christianity. Of not trial and error. If prayer is not working, try praise. If praise is not working, try sacrifice. If sacrifice is not working, try matching. That's how 40 years you'll be trying and trying and trying and trying as if you're paying naira bets with God. You know, and after 40 years of frustration, you see, the yeah, Christianity thing is a shame. Forget your English. You went where you were not being taught. Are you blessed? Say amen if you are. All right. First Chronicles 5.20. Let's do two more scriptures and then we'll pray. Have faith in God. First Chronicles 5.20. They were held against them. And the Hagrites and all who were with them were given into their hands. For they cried out to God in the battle. And he answered their prayers. Come on. What's the reason God gave us there? Loud and clear everyone. Let's read. Because. Come on. They trusted in him. Why did God answer their prayers? Because they trusted in him. Does that tell us why God answers our prayers? Trust. What makes God answer his prayer? Is faith. Trust in him. And you have to learn it. You have to learn to trust God. Praise God. When you discover your heart is moving away from God, just repent and say, Oh Lord, I'm sorry. I, I trust in you. And you know what? This will free you from offenses. It will free you from dependency on the world system. Praise the name of the Lord. Last scripture, Psalm 13 and verse 16 to 20. Psalm chapter 33, sorry. Psalm 33, thank you, Lord. Oh, praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Are you excited this morning? God is a good God. Amen. Our faith is in Him. Psalm 33, (laughs) praise God. 16 to 20. Amen. Psalm 33, 16 to 20. It says, The king is not saved by a mighty army. What should save a king if not his mighty army? Are, are you following this? What, should, what else should save a king, my brother? It's his army. He says, The king is not saved by a mighty army. A warrior is not delivered by great strength. But what should naturally deliver a warrior? It should be his strength. Go to verse 7. Verse 6, 17, sorry. Okay. It says, A horse is a false hope for victory. Do you remember the scripture we read before now? It says, Some trust in what? Chariots. But the Bible says, A horse is a false hope for victory. What are you trusting in this morning that's not God? What else are you trusting in? What else? You see, and you can develop your trust in many things. He says, nor does it deliver anyone by its great strength. 
So the Bible admits that horses have strength. It says, listen, it will not deliver anyone by its great strength. You see, until we know that the systems of this world are inferior, the systems of this world don't have the capacity, the faith we put in them. Go to verse 18. It says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. Praise God. It says, The eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. And on those who hope or trust for his loving kindness. Verse 19. It says, To deliver their soul from death. And to keep them alive where? I didn't hear that. To keep them alive where? In famine. You know, I was, I was telling... I was telling Pastor Mary, I said, I've never, I've never had a time since I was born where people said good things about Nigeria. I, I, I'm, I'm just thinking, about, I've never, that since I was born. It's always, ah, in those days. Oh, in those days. Even when dollar was maybe 150 naira or something, people said, ah, in those days. One naira was to one dollar. We used two naira to fly to UK. Since I was born, I've never heard a positive thing. And somebody will say, well, nothing positive has happened. That's your, that's your business. What I'm just trying to say is, the world is not going to get better. The world was not designed to get better. The world is ruled and governed by wicked people who don't fear God. And they will develop systems to continually to oppress. The, the joy of the wicked is in the cries of the oppressed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So nobody's going to just sit down and just decide everybody... No, 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 no. Then he goes on to say, verse 21, verse 20, it says, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart rejoices in Him. Because we trust in His holy name. Verse 22, Let your loving kindness, O Lord, be upon us, according as we have hoped in you. Come on, where should our faith be in? Where should our faith be? In God. Not in money, not in our skills, not in our achievements, not in people, and not in places. Our faith is in God. Let's pray. Father, we want to come before you. We want to thank you. We appreciate your goodness. We appreciate your loving kindness. And Father God, we repent of the times we put our faith in people, in places, in systems in our skills, in our achievements, in money. We ask, O oh God, that by your grace and by your mercy, you would help us to put our faith in you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Can I get a good amen? amen. Are you blessed by that? All right, praise God. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.